Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, good friends. Welcome back to the Bill Press Pod on the day after a momentous day indeed for this nation. Yes, Donald Trump has made history again. He's now not only the first president to be impeached twice, he's also the first former president to be actually charged with a crime. 34 of them. Yep, it all happened in a Manhattan courtroom yesterday afternoon where Trump was forced to appear, booked, fingerprinted, and charged with 34 counts of falsifying business records, all related to alleged hush money payments made by Trump to porn star Stormy Daniels, to all of which, of course, Trump pled not guilty. The problem is that this time it's not just his word against Stormy Daniels, because Michael Cohen, Trump's former personal attorney, has already testified that he made those hush payments to Stormy Daniels for Donald Trump and was reimbursed by Donald Trump. So what happens next? And how much legal trouble is Donald Trump really in, if any? Our New York-based friend Hunter Walker of Talking Points Memo has been following this case from its very beginning, and we were lucky to catch up with Hunter yesterday afternoon, shortly after Donald Trump left the New York courthouse. Hunter Walker, it's a busy day for all of you journalists in New York. Thank you for taking time for us here on the Bill Press Pod. Always, always. How are you, Bill? So finally, it's been unveiled. We see the charges, 34 of them. What is Donald Trump? What was Donald Trump charged with today? Spell it out for us. So he was charged with 34 counts of falsifying business records, um, which is a class E felony. The technical name of the charge is falsifying business records. In the first degree, a class E felony. What's really interesting about that, and the reason I wanted to get really technical with it, is you know, second degree falsification of business records in New York is just a misdemeanor. Mm. Um, what elevates this to the first degree felony charge is that District Attorney Bragg is alleging that this falsification of business records was done in furtherance of what he described as an illegal, quote, scheme. Um, so essentially, to make falsification of business records a felony in New York State, you need to have had another underlying criminal activity that was covered up through the falsification. Um, and Bragg detailed several things. He was pressed on this in his press conference, um, but he didn't actually file any other charges. He said the law does not require him to, but when asked about this, he pointed to things like the $130,000 uh, payment to Stormy Daniels. He said that that was above the federal campaign contribution limits. He also said that you know New York law prohibits um, advancing a candidacy um, through you know, uh, corrupt means such as this. So he said that there were other crimes there, but he did not actually charge them. I suspect that's going to be kind of the key point of tension um, as we continue to see the, the trial unfold here. 
So uh, one thing that, that I find puzzling about this is we've heard all about Stormy Daniels, but in the indictment, it talks about two women and a doorman who, so, got, who got payments. Who the hell are they? I mean, this seems more complicated than we thought. Yeah. So, you know, this is all one thing that is, you know, perhaps disappointing to people such as myself. The indictment did not contain a lot of new news other than the indictment itself. And of course, you know, the fact that it revealed Bragg's legal strategy. Um, the other, so he confirmed in his press conference that, that, you know, the lawyer in question was Michael Cohen. Mm -hmm. um, the, one of the women who received the payments was Stormy Daniels. The other was Karen McDougal, um, the former Playboy Playmate, who alleged she had an affair with Trump. I should say that when it comes to both Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal, uh, Trump has denied having an affair with these women. That's where the doorman gets interesting, because apparently mm -hmm. it was a thing that came out at some point as well. Um, and the doorman, I guess, was trying to sell information that Trump had a child out of wedlock. Apparently, the doorman was completely full of it, and this was false, but I guess they paid him anyway. <laughs> I was thinking about this when I wrote about it. That's fairly telling, because, you know, um, I don't think you end up paying hush money to people who don't have the goods, right? <laughs> so, so as much as it seemed like this doorman was lying, I also see in there almost a tacit admission that it could have been true. So before this, before today, up and leading up today, uh, so many people were saying, even a lot of pretty prominent attorneys, these are not serious charges. This is not a serious case. Now that we've seen the 34 indictments, how serious are these charges? And is Donald Trump in serious legal jeopardy? What's your read? I mean, these are felony charges, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're serious in that regard. Um, I think, you know, they do have jail time potentially, but but the analysis that I've seen is that this is, you know, more likely to result in, you know, sort of probation or what have you. I mean, he was technically arrested today. So the legal jeopardy has already begun. The seriousness has already begun. Um, but we've also gotten a little bit of a preview of how Trump and his uh, lawyers are going to fight back. Uh, Bragg's not the only one who did a press conference. Um, Joe Tacopina, uh, and I believe it's Todd Blanche, uh, two members mm -hmm. of Trump's legal team, also did a little gaggle with reporters outside the courthouse. Um, and first off, they did raise this issue of, you know, Bragg's not charging another crime, which, you know, another crime is required here for this to be a felony. Bragg is alleging one took place, but not charging it. Um, and they also raised this issue that Trump has in his, you know, blitz of, you know, fundraising and e emails and statements in recent weeks where, you know, he's framed this as a political attack. Um, and that's what they said as well. Bragg, you know, seemed to respond to that in his press conference where he said, you know, um, accurate business records are important. They take it especially seriously in Manhattan, given its status as sort of the financial capital of, he said, the world. Um, and, you know, he said that's why they focus so intently traditionally in that office on white collar crimes. He described this charge specifically as the quote unquote bread and butter of his office um, and said mm -hmm. they've brought it quote unquote hundreds of times in other cases. So, you know, I think Bragg has a good answer to, you know, the standard witch hunt charge Trump uses. I do think this, you know, debate about, you know, whether it's first or second degree 
is going to be a little more of a live one. And that's where the seriousness of this is essentially centered. Um, because if it's not a first degree felony, you know, it's a misdemeanor, right? right. Um, and, you know, I think that's where we're going to see a lot of debate. So there seems from what we've seen and the testimony was in front of Congress from Michael Cohen and others, there seems to be, tell me if I'm wrong here, seems to be little doubt that he and Stormy Daniels had some kind of affair, even if it was a one night stand. There seems to be no doubt that she was paid $130,000. There seems to be no doubt that Michael Cohen, who made those payments, was reimbursed by Donald Trump. Does the case hinge on the fact that these payments were made basically to shut her up during his election campaign and therefore amount to a contribution to his election? Is that the, the heart of the case? I mean, yes and no. Right. Okay. Um, because as I said to you, you know, the key question here is whether there was an underlying crime. Um, in his comments, Bragg, who again did not specifically charge or specify another crime in the indictment, pointed to a few things that could be considered unlawful activity. They included, you know, that this was designed to further Donald Trump's campaign. So it is central to that aspect of the allegation. But they also included um, the campaign finance contribution li limit. So it's central mm -hmm. to that question as well, because obviously if it's outside of the election, it's not a campaign contribution. However, Bragg also said that, um, you know, there was other falsification of records here, including intent to, you know, falsely report this as income uh, for tax purposes and mm -hmm. also including, um, falsification of records that were filed by AMI. Um, the company that owns the National Enquirer, which was sort of instrumental in what Bragg described as this quote-unquote catch-and-kill scheme. So this question you're asking actually might get to the issue that I've been raising, which is that, you know, in not sort of very specifically tying this to another criminal charge, Bragg sort of opens it up in that, you know, yes, you can have this debate of whether it was part of an election scheme. Yes, you can have a debate over um, whether, you know, this was part of a campaign contribution as part of an election scheme. But also, there's other falsification here. There's there's tax questions here. Hmm. Um, I still, you know, kind of wonder if he, if he really thinks he has enough evidence that those are crimes, why he didn't bring charges. Um, but, you know, it, that question isn't central to all of it. I should point out that, you know, Trump has denied having affairs with these women. So, so to that extent, it, you know, is debatable whether he did that. But I think you're right. Um, you know, the Trump team's strategy, as we've gotten a glimpse of it through the proceedings today and through President Trump's prior statements about this, doesn't seem to be, you know, disputing that the payments occurred. Um, it seems to be sort of disputing whether they were criminal or not and what have you. Um, and I should note also that Michael Cohen was already convicted for yes. his role. Yes. And I would ask you that. So how key is Michael Cohen to this case in New York, to Alvin Bragg's case? Yeah, um, um, He's well, the key well, witness, right? And he's a sort of a tainted witness because he was convicted of lying to Congress. Right. So one other thing here that, you know, I should note, um, and this is just something I enjoy because I, th I think, as 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 you know, Bill, I've, I've come on a lot, and I, I have a, a dark past as a Hollywood <laughs> documentary columnist. 
right? And yes. the circle when I was out in Hollywood is actually when this story broke. Stormy Daniels' affair allegations first appeared, I believe, in late 2011 in the you know celebrity tabloid Life and Style. So you know, one thing that I think you know makes this more lo look like an election-related thing is that you know Donald Trump didn't pay Stormy Daniels in 2011. <laughs> right? right. It only became that in 2016, 2015. Um, so I think that's a really interesting thing. But yeah, Michael Cohen is really the central figure here. Um, and as you pointed out, he's been convicted of lying to Congress. He has credibility issues. That's been a big part of the debate so far. Um, but there was another figure who I think they seem to be alluding to, who's Alan Weisselberg, this, this, this uh, Trump organization executive. Who's and in jail. Who's in jail, right? Right. right. Now, Alvin Bragg is coming off of a successful prosecution against the Trump organization. Um, and he alleged that, you know, he has specific paper that, that Trump signed, including checks. He said at one point, you know, Donald Trump held in his hands these false records at several points over nine months. So he seems to have, you know, he has other information on the Trump org. Um, he has a whole other trial that he's participated in. Um, and he also seems to have some physical documents that are quite interesting. Um, one other thing to note here, you know, there's been a lot of debate about this case over the past couple years, even. Um, and Bragg, when he first came into office uh, about a year ago, um, was criticized for mm -hmm. not wanting to bring this um, to trial just yet. Um, and, you know, he indicated it wasn't ready and I waited until it was ready. So, you know, whatever questions we could make about, you know, why other crimes weren't charged or what have you, um, you know, this is someone and I've actually talked to Alvin Bragg and he said, you know, he, he's a very deliberative guy. He's very focused on being by the book. Um, and he waited until he felt very comfortable with this case. So I know your time is very limited. I want to take a quick break here. Then we come back. And this is round one. I want to ask, get your thoughts on what round two or three or even four might be. We'll be back in one sec. Today's podcast brought to you by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. One and a half million members strong. The Teamsters Union are America's largest and most diverse labor union. They represent every aspect of American, the American workforce from vegetable workers in California, construction workers in Las Vegas, brewery workers in St. Louis, and bakers in Maine. As they say, they represent everybody from A to Z, airline pilots to zookeepers. We salute the members of the Teamsters Union and thank them for their support of the Bill Press Pod. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we're back with Hunter Walker, our good friend Hunter Walker, longtime contributor to the Bill Press Pod and, of course, investigative reporter for Talking Points Memo, who's been covering uh, Donald Trump, uh, well, for the last, I don't know, since Donald Trump in New York and, and Hunter Walker both in New York City. So... <laughs> So, Hunter, this is round yeah. one. This is not the first possibility of an indictment for Donald Trump. What do you think comes next and which of these might go to trial first? Well, so we know that this case, we're not going to see anything else until December. Uh -huh. um, so we're not cool. pressing pause on this one for some time. Right. There's also a couple other investigations uh, that we know of into President Trump. Um, the one that interests me most is uh, the special counsel's investigation. Um, that's the federal investigation with Jack Smith, who's looking at you know, January 6th and kind of attempts to obstruct the election. Um, and then specifically, you have uh, Georgia attorney Fannie uh, Willis. I'm sorry if I can on Jack Smith also. He's looking at the documents as well, correct? Yeah. Yes, you're right. The Mar-a-Lago document obstruction case. And we actually just saw, I mean, just to give you a sense of the, you know, Trump news environment, we're suddenly back in. We saw big news on that case this week, which is that, you know, he allegedly, reportedly has information that Trump was personally involved in slash aware of the um, efforts to kind of move classified documents that were taken to his uh, private beach club in Mar-a-Lago. So Jack Smith has a lot going on. Um, then you've got Fannie Willis in Georgia, um, and she's looking at the efforts to kind of pressure local election officials there. Um, and, you know, I've reported on those a lot myself. I mean, you know, you see in text messages, Mark Meadows and members of the Trump administration and sort of and members of Congress talking about pressuring the governor and secretary of state there. They had that infamous phone call where Trump, you know, said, you got to find me the votes. Um, and then mm -hmm. also there's this bizarre instance where these election workers were visited um, by a publicist for Kanye West. Um, and she had ties to a Trump campaign aide, Harrison Floyd, as well. Um, so there's so much that happened in Georgia. Um you know, there's a lot that went on with these documents, and obviously there's a lot that went on with January 6th. Um, I would not, you know, I think one thing we've seen, I mean, just today, you had people reporting supposedly from the courtroom that Bragg um, had included a conspiracy charge, and he did not. Um, I really don't like to get into this game of speculating about legal timelines or, you know, what charges mm -hmm. are going to be included in an investigation, because it's just been wrong so many times. I mean, j just with Bragg, you know, about a year ago, there were people reporting that this investigation was totally dead, and it clearly isn't, right? So I, I don't know what's going to come next um, or what exactly it will look like, but it's fair to say that, you know, Donald Trump, who officially was arrested today, um, and is now officially defendant Trump in a case in New York, has a lot of legal trouble swirling around him. And this is not the only uh, prosecutor he's got to worry about. But would you go so far as to say that 
the possibility in Georgia of the charges in Georgia and the possibility of something coming out of the DOJ under Jack Smith, either on the January 6th front or the documental documents front, would be more serious than the charges that Donald Trump faced today in New York City. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I tend to think, I think you know this about me, Bill, I'm I'm very focused on, uh, you know, the issues related to January 6th. And I think yes. certainly from a societal standpoint, that is the most serious thing we're dealing with. Um, you know, this case in New York seems very unlikely to result in jail time. Um, you know, again, as we discussed it with this case, it's about what charges a prosecutor brings and, you know, the way they, they decide to bring them and ultimately the decision of the, a judge. So there's a lot of variables here, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is a case that's unlikely to result in jail time. Um, whereas the others, you know, seem to, you know, put that possibility back on the table. Do you have any, from your reporting on January 6th, particularly any idea how far along Jack Smith is in his investigation? Absolutely not. <laughs> again, that, that is an area that I really, you know, just tend to stay away from because, um, you know, it, 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 you know, we know he's seeing witnesses. We know, we, we know he's gotten started. Um, but, you know, I just I, I have watched people get burned too many times trying to guess about these timelines. So you just have to say that we are in. Well, certainly we are. And Donald Trump is in for a wild ride on the legal front for the enti this entire year and maybe next year as well. Indeed, it's going to be it's going to be a backdrop to the 2024 election, certainly. You know what's going to keep you busy, Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been. <laughs> you as well, I'm sure. Yes. But we'll, when we have more time, you come back, we'll talk about it again, and we'll follow it every step of the way. Hunter Walker, Talking Points Memo, investigative reporter, great friend, longtime friend of the Bill Press Pod. Thanks, Hunter. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, so that's the latest, sort of from the courthouse steps in New York with Hunter Walker. A big thank you to Hunter for jumping in on a very, very busy day. Thanks to all of you for checking it again on a delayed Bill Press Pod this week so we could report on uh, Trump's appearance in New York uh, on Tuesday. And now on to the roundtable. This week, a roundtable because of Easter week will be a day early, a roundtable this week with all the news of the week in Washington and the news of the week from New York and Mar-a-Lago about Donald Trump on a special Thursday roundtable for the Bill Press Pod. So um, watch out for it. Have a good couple of next days, and then we'll see you Thursday morning for the next edition of the Bill Press Pod, a special Easter week, Holy Week roundtable.